0: I just want to turn back to the passage that we read from Matthew's Gospel in chapter 13 and just look, a few simple thoughts from this parable, the parable of the sower. It is a joy to be here with you in Barvis, and a joy to be here with you uh, this morning as well and thank you for all your encouragements and the welcome that you give to us Whenever we come. Recently, we had a little holiday, we were away, and where we were staying, there were little restaurants, and you could go to any of these restaurants, but you had to book. And so, there was a procedure for booking, it was online, everything's online so we booked one of these little restaurants for, for an evening and we got there that evening and there was a family just in front of us and the man had the sheet with all the names of the people who had booked and he was, wasn't was able to find the name of this family that they were in front of us and then someone else was called, it was obviously the, the manager who, or whoever and the lady's getting a, a little bit flustered. She's saying, I definitely booked, definitely booked. I've got the email. And she's desperately searching on her phone to find the email. But you know what happens all, all the time in these situations? You can never find the email. You can never find the confirmation. Well, usually. So it ended up, there was a wee bit of a discussion. And then the man just, he had the sheet in front of us and he just said, there's nothing here. And that family had to leave because their names weren't on the sheet. He felt sorry for them. The lady thought she had done everything she needed to get a meal for her and her family in that restaurant that night, only to be turned away because their names weren't there. As I thought about that, I left and I thought to myself, what an illustration is there because there'll be people who'll go through life there'll be people who'll come to church every Sunday and there'll be people that'll they'll have thought that they've done everything they needed to do to be accepted into heaven on that final day that Jonathan was talking about last night but you know the Bible tells us that only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, will be there. And what a tragedy, what a tragedy, at the end of the day, to be turned away, to hear the words, Depart from me, I never knew you. And as we consider this parable today, it describes to us different reactions really to the word of God and there's only one that is a true faith, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to be very sure we need to be very sure that our names are written there in the Lamb's book of life. We need to be very sure that we have reached out in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ and we've put our trust in him and we're we're following him. We need to be sure. It's it's no it's not enough to go through just thinking, hoping. At the end of the day, well I hope I've done enough. Many people are living like that. We go round doors and we speak to people as part of what we do in missions. And many people will say, oh yes, I'm a Christian. And you'll see, I used to say to them, oh that's great, so you're absolutely sure then that you're going to go to heaven. And people then usually say, oh well, who can be sure of that? I says, you can be sure of it if, you're, if your trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that these things are written that you might know that you have eternal life. And our, our certainty and our hope and what we're sure in is nothing of ourselves. It's all about what Jesus has done. It's all about him. That's why we stress and all the time it's about him. It's about trusting in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. It's all about him. We're told that nothing unclean will enter heaven. Not anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The Bible tells us that to strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter but will not be able. Once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, you will begin to stand outside and to knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us. Then he will answer, I do not know where you come from. What a tragedy for those people. And the Bible tells us that there will be people like this at the end of the day. What a tragedy. What a tragedy to sit under the preaching of the gospel week by week and still be in this state. Because we do not know when the day nor the hour when the Son of Man will come. There are so many warnings in the Bible. But the offer of the gospel is to come, to come to Jesus. So the first type of hearts is talking about different types of hearts in this parable and responses. The sower is the son of man, the seed is the word of God, and the ground is the heart of man. And in the first instance in this parable, we've got a seed that was sown and it fell on the path. That would have been just an area uh, where where people had, had walked back and forth, where the the ground was hard packed and there was no penetration the seed just landed on on top of the ground and the birds came and snatched it away that's just a picture of someone's heart who is just hardened that the, the word of God is making no impact that people can come and sit under the word and can go out through the door at the end And it's made no impact whatsoever. And to go home and and carry on uh, the the, the week and all the activities of what is normally done through the week. And this word has no impact whatsoever. I find it quite striking that sometimes you can have a conversation with someone. And you're trying to get this message across. You're trying to tell people about Jesus and of their need of Jesus. And the moment you finish, they talk about something different. It's like they've never even heard what you've said. Hard hearts. Oh, and this is such a tragedy to sit under the Word, to hear the Word even. And there's no understanding, there's no interest, there's no impact made. If this is you today, if you can just come and go and leave from the gospel preaching on the Word of God and it's of no effect on your life whatsoever, Oh, my friend, what can you do? You can pray. You can pray that God would soften your heart. You can pray that God would give you a new heart, a uh, a heart that would be receptive to his own precious word. Oh, if that's you, if you find yourself coming and going, and this precious gospel has no impact at all, giving you no thought whatsoever, oh, you need to pray, Lord, give me a softened heart, a heart that would receive this precious word. So there's a hard heart. But there's also just a shallow, a very shallow experience that we can have some seed fell on rocky ground for it did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depths of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, it was withered away. For what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet, he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. What kind of heart is this? You know, there are people like this that seem to receive the word and you think, yes, that person's got it. That's what we're told in the parable they receive immediately, they receive the word with joy. You might say, well, that seems a lot better than the first response anyway. It was just nothing. But here at least there's something we might say. But we're told that it doesn't last. It doesn't last. Just like the plant that was sown where the soil was rocky and the soil was shallow. Whenever the sun came up, the, the plant just withered and died. No depths, no, no moisture in the soil to keep it, to keep it going. But what was the problem? What was the problem here? There could have been a response. Some people do just make a response. Whatever causes that, it could be that someone really did feel something at the time. That the word did speak to them in some way at the time. Maybe a person had been going through a hard and a difficult time. And they start thinking about the things of God. They start considering the ways of God. And they think, yes, this is what I need. And there is a response to the word of God. But you know, the Christian life is much more than a response. Oh, don't base your Christian experience on, on some kind of response. Don't base it on some kind of light decision, some sort of half-hearted decision. See, the Christian life is much more than that. The Christian life is not an easy life. The Christian life is something that we cannot get through with just some sort of response. We cannot go through, you see, the scribe come up to Jesus and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes of holes, birds of the air of nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. It's not going to be easy, Jesus says. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be hard times. We need to have a Savior. We need to be trusting in Jesus fully. Expect to be tried after a profession. Once somebody professes their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, expect to be tried. Whether that's a a, a response or whatever or some kind of response, there'll be trials will come. And if it's not true, if it's not real, if it's not fully grounded in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will fail. You will just be like the little plant that will die. I've heard people saying, well, I've tried it, but it didn't work for me. Well... You didn't try it properly. You weren't willing to give your whole of your life to Jesus. You see, in this kind of response, in this situation, there's no humble surrender. There's no self-denial. There's no true understanding of the significance of the cross. There's no true conviction of sin and repentance. It's just a response. And yes, it seemed real at the time. And it was with joy. But it didn't last. And there was no fruit. Make sure, my friend, that you're not thinking and basing your experience on some response that you've had at some time. Unless you're living the Christian life today. Unless Jesus is real to you today. Unless you're, you've got a longing and a desire in your heart to be following him and obeying his truth and enjoying his truth and getting as much of his truth as you can. Don't think that some response sometime will do it. It will fade away. But there are those also that are preoccupied. Other seeds fell among thorns and thorns grew up and choked them. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word and cares. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfaithful. Remember we are talking about the seed and the soil. The word is always the same. There's not a different word. The word is the same. The seed is the same seed that was sown on the path, that was sown on the rocky places, that was sown among the thorns, sown on the good soil. It's the same seed. And here we see another example. This time we're told there's somebody who hears the word. And we might say, well, that's good. And it is good when people are hearing the word. And, 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 and we want that and we, more, we want more and more people coming and hearing the word. But at the start, it didn't get far. The man at the start and the other just died away. But you might say, well, at least there's something here. But what does this parable tell us about the, the heart of this person? It tells us that the person's heart is not a clean heart. It tells us that this the word of God was sown among thorns, a ground that was was not clean, well prepared, suitable ground for seed to sow, to be sown in. And the seed that fell among the thorns is the thorns that grew up, and it choked the seed. And this reminds us that the only way that, that we can be, be right with God through Jesus is by the cleansing power of the blood. We need to have hearts that are clean, hearts that are washed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that that's the condition. Otherwise, we will hear this word. But unless we're truly converted, unless we've come in repentance, unless our hearts are cleansed by the blood, the the the, the cares and the deceitfulness of riches and all, the things that are going on in our lives will, will have a priority over the Word of God. That's what this is telling us. The Word didn't have the priority. Oh, there was hearing. And yes, there was perhaps, in a, in a sense, you could participate and enjoy. You could come along to church and you could enjoy what you're hearing and you, and you can enjoy the services and you can enjoy the singing and you can enjoy the people, you can enjoy the fellowship and all the rest of it. But I want to ask you today my friend does the word of God got priority in your life? Because you know if it doesn't if our lives are not truly cleansed and washed in the blood then all the other things will spring up and they'll choke the word. Where are our desires today? The weeds sprung up. Oh how tragic that is. How tragic to go on into such a a preoccupied state. Because you know unless Jesus is your, your actual Savior, unless you've come to him and you've received forgiveness for sin. You will never manage it. You will never go on through life and get anywhere because the pull of the world will always be greater. The everyday things of life will always be more. And they'll be taking priority and it'll come to that the word of God will just it'll be a hassle to you. It'll, it'll be a bother to you. Because it will be pulling at you. But the desires of of all the things of this world. Whether it's work. Whether it's crafting. Whether it's whatever it is. Money. These things will be always coming at you. And taking a priority in your life. That's what happened to seed when it was sown. Among thorns. The thorns grew up. The cares of the world. Riches and all the things that the devil would. Bring in on us, we'll choke the word, and again, there'll be no fruit. No fruit. The, te- the parable tells us it proves unfruitful. But just finally, and in a word, the last heart was a softened heart. And there's just such a difference, such a difference. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some 100, some 60, some 30. Same word, same word. We're all hearing the same word. A prepared heart produced fruit. What's the difference, you might ask? The second one received the word with joy, but there was no depths. There wasn't really anything there. It was just like an experience. Died out. The next heart. Always hearing. You're hearing the word. But you've never experienced the true repentance. And the cleansing power of the blood in your life. That your heart's been made clean. Through the blood of Jesus who died on the cross. And all these other things take priority and it chokes that word. But the one who receives the word with a softened heart, with a clean heart the Bible says and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove your heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. The heart that we have by nature is a hard heart. It's a sinful heart. It's a rebellious heart. It's a heart that's caught up with the cares of the world. But when someone with a heart like this comes to Jesus and receives his forgiveness, we can have a softened heart an understanding heart, and a fruit-bearing heart. That the word would, when it's planted, would take root deep into the heart. You might say, how can this be? When we hear the word, it talks about hearing and understanding and bearing fruit when we truly hear the Word, do you know what it does for us? It shows us what we're like. When you truly hear the Word of God, it's not just some experience. It's not just hearing, but truly hearing shows us what we're like. And although we all know, I'm sure, and barb us today that we have all sinned, but to realize that, To be convicted of that is different. But when you hear the word, it brings conviction into our lives. that We we have sinned against God. Conviction of sin is not just a sense that, well, I've messed up along the way. Conviction of sin is when we realize that we've sinned against God. And God hates sin. And that's me and that's my life. I have sinned. And it brings you to a place where you'll cry out to him for forgiveness. You know, that that's what hearing the word really is. That's the difference with, with this heart, a softened heart. It, it, it makes you realize that you're in a desperately needy place. And you can't do nothing other but call out for mercy, call out for forgiveness. Uh, it brings us to a place where we realize that our best efforts are no good whatsoever. It makes us look away from ourselves and look to the one who died on the cross. The Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is your only hope. In John 1.12 we read, But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to be called the children of God. I wonder, have you ever come to that place where you realize you're a sinner and that Jesus is your only hope, and you've called out to him, you know you can discuss, you can discuss the Bible, you can discuss the way of salvation for hours and hours and hours. But this is the place you need to come to. You need to come to this place of knowing your sins forgiven. Of coming and is giving your life fully to Jesus. He won't accept you in part, He will only accept you completely, fully surrendered to Him. And you know, it's wonderful when we do that. There's fruit, and that's the difference. The first three hearts, there was no fruit, they were all unfruitful. But yet, the one When the word was understood and believed, there's fruit. Some are not all the same. Some thirty, some sixty, some a hundredfold. But all will be in heaven and will be fully fulfilled. What about you then? Are you that person that comes and goes? Unaffected by the word, you need to pray. Pray that God would give you a softened heart, a heart that would be towards Him. When does anyone rest in their hope on something that they've experienced at some time, but they have absolutely no assurance today that their your life is in His hands, His care? that he is your saviour the christian life is is much more than just some sort of experience it's faith trust in jesus christ alone and it's living for him wonder if you're that person that you hear all you're along faithfully you hear the word There's so much going on out there. So many other things. And these are the things that seem to take priority over the word. The Bible tells us that a life like this is unfruitful. But oh, if you have never experienced Jesus, come to him. That your heart would be filled with him. That your heart would be a cleansed heart. A heart that would be towards Jesus. A heart that would love the Lord Jesus Christ. For what he has done for you. And a heart that would desire to follow him above everything else. As Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's love. Love first and foremost for Jesus. Can you say that today? And love for each other. as God's people. If you love Jesus, you should love each other. And it's joy. You know, the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. I wonder do you have that kind of joy because of following Jesus. And there's peace. My wife had no peace. She had no peace, and she just longed for peace. When she came to Jesus and put her trust in Him, and she knew her sins were forgiven, she has peace. Wonderful thing to have peace, the peace of God. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. May God bless his word. Lord, we pray that you would help us to experience the word of God in truth and in understanding. That we wouldn't be left in any other state apart from the one who has truly come and received forgiveness, received the gift of eternal life, who has been truly born again of the Spirit of God. Oh, may this be our experience and nothing else, that we might rejoice in you and follow you. And at the end of the day, when we stand, our names will be there that will not be turned away, but our names will be there because we have trusted in the one who is able to save. Grant your blessing upon your word, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing in closing Psalm 130. Psalm 130, Lord, from the... That's on page 173. It's the Sing Psalms version of the Psalm book. Page 173. Psalm 130, Lord, from the depths... I call to you, Lord, hear me from on high and give attention to my voice when I for mercy cry. That's it, isn't it? If you are not his, that's what you need to do. Lord, in your presence who can stand if you are sins record, but yet forgiveness is with you that we may fear you. Lord, that's the promise. There is forgiveness with him. I wait, my soul, waits for the Lord. My hope is in his word. More than the watchman waits for dawn, my soul waits for the Lord. O Israel, put your hope in God, for mercy is with him, and full redemption from their sins his people he'll redeem. Let's
1: sing this psalm. Lord, from the temps oh, I call a church oh, Thank you. Oh, oh man. Man.
0: encourage everyone to stay afterwards we'd love to to meet you more for for the tea and encourage you to come along this evening as well to the service here and at eight o'clock to the hall I must say my soul has been richly blessed through Jonathan's ministry over these nights and he'll be ministering again and I wouldn't like to have missed it and so I'd encourage you to come under the sound of the gospel this evening.